Thank you, Jesus. We don't have time to repeat all the things that we talked about on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, I mean, Sunday night, but um, so we're going to go some other ways. But I did want to clear up one thing that I had talked about. And uh, let me just see just a second here. If y'all just give me a minute, because the way I prepared this message was in modules. And I don't know if you'll understand that, but because um, I don't know if I fully but I knew that I had to do it in segments so the Holy Ghost could lead me to whichever segment he wanted to uh, to cover. And, okay, here. And, and so, uh, praise God. I believe I know the direction he wants. But we'll be flexible. We'll flow, okay? But I wanted to clear up one thing that I said on Sunday night because it didn't come out right. I bumbled it. But the reason it didn't come out right is because I was hurrying, trying to get to the next thing. But I talked about that there were um, money miracles were coming. The Holy Ghost told me he to tell you that there were going to be uh, money miracles in the future. Um, and so, and we talked about several of the ways. We talked about angelic deliverances. That was like angels that you might not, you wouldn't even know it an angel. It wasn't like a, an angel, but um, people come into your house that would actually be angels. Be nice to them. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says we might be entertaining angels unaware. And so uh, that that would be one of the ways that money miracles would come. But one of the ways I said was supernatural debt payoff and how uh, sometimes that bills get paid off, not by people, but it, they just kind of disappear. But I, I, the way it came out, I felt like later that it sounded like I was telling you to be dishonest. And I would never tell you to be dishonest. I would never be dishonest myself. In fact, if somebody gives us the wrong change, we tell them. The other day we were in a restaurant. We ordered something to go. We had our meal, and then we ordered something to go to, and they didn't charge us for the go part, and we told them. And, you know, God charged for that. And so, you know, we believe in integrity and honesty at all costs. But what I was trying to get across to you is that if you have a $5,000 school loan, and the next month you get a your statement says a zero balance, you know, you need to handle that right. You need to, I'm not even saying, you need to say it right. If you call them, you need to, and you probably should, you, you know, your conscience is probably going to hurt you if you don't, but you need to not insist, no, 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 I'm sending y'all $5,000. It doesn't matter. I know I owe it. You might just want to say something like, um, could you check on my balance because I was thinking I owed a lot more than y'all are showing or something like that and then let them figure it out. So in other words, not don't try to don't send the blessings away, but you have to you're going to have to hold your honesty and your integrity too. So can y'all get that and I know I bumbled it the other night and I was like I left here thought, "Mm, wow. <laughs> that was a mess." But you know, it was all in the hurry and in all that. It wasn't in how I truly believe. And so I told pastor even that night, I got to straighten that out. So we straightened that out. And we maybe have some other things. I hope if I, if I raised questions to you, if it made you have questions, then ask us the questions. We want you to ask us questions, not during the service, but uh, after the service. And we can, then we can answer them when we preach the next time or we'll answer them right there with you. And besides, uh, we also want you to submit questions to us on any topic because we are starting a website. And it's not up yet, but it's called Ask the Pastor something to that effect and uh, it may not be called that because we found out somebody already had asked the pastor sewed up but we're and we are going to answer questions uh on the website and we need questions 
We need to be able to, we can make up questions, but you know that, we want to be able to say, you know, E.B. E Tuscaloosa, and this is his question, you know, Eric. So we're going to put all the ones that don't have anybody, we're going to just put them under his. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. But we had a little lady in our church in, 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 in Hoover bring up a question, brought something up Sunday, and I'm going to ask her, can we make that a question? Because, you know, she, we need to answer that. And so, uh, anyway, uh, so ask questions, and if you have any questions on this topic, be sure and ask them, okay? So we're talking about having a, uh, a war on lack. We're talking, really, if you want to sum up what we're talking about, we're talking about warfare. We're talking about Warfare. Now, in the body of Christ, we kind of, for a few years, abandoned warfare because people got into imbalance where warfare was concerned in the body of Christ. And so, and what they were doing, not everybody, of course, it was just a few people. You know, it's always just a few. They were doing some very strange things. They were going up to top of skyscrapers to fight the devil. But you know, Jesus, he fought him right on the ground. <laughs> Hallelujah. He didn't have a skyscraper to go up in. And he, they were renting 747s and fighting the devil in 747s because the prince of the power of the air, you know, so they was getting in the air. And so, and, and of course, we know that that was unnecessary. That was imbalanced. And even one church that Colin went to one time in Tulsa, I, I don't remember why he was there, but anyway, it wasn't Raymond Bible Church. It was some other church. And um, yeah, they uh, uh, they he they had like fatigues and you know and you don't have to put fatigues on and, and things like that. That's unnecessary. Okay, they had the the warfare stuff and you know. So anyway, one so then uh, Brother Hagen he came in and he began to preach the balance on warfare. But you know what? This nearly always happens when people try to balance things. You know what we did? It's like oh my. And so we got scared, and the body of Christ, for a, a great part of the body of Christ, quit doing warfare at all. I remember when that song first came out, uh, I went to the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. I'm thinking, can we sing that song? I hope they don't, you know, I was like a nervous about that song. It's like, but you know, yes, of course we can. And of course we have to do warfare. And if you don't do warfare, if you don't, and, and warfare is not just, you know, it's, it's sometimes we try to make that, oh, you know, we have to pray loud and we have to get our, I, have you ever prayed in tongues when it sounded like a machine gun? Uh, I have, I mean, you know, you know, and that, you know, sometimes we do get over there and we're just, you know, revved up and everything, but it, that's not necessarily what it means to do warfare. The Bible talks about <clears throat> All thing, all sorts of things like that. So we're talking about uh, uh, warfare, uh, praise God, and we're talking about warfare from the standpoint of of defeating lack, not letting lack reign over us. Amen. So we're going to talk start tonight by talking about reigning in life, and so let's turn to Romans five seventeen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Reigning in life. And uh, getting aggressive uh, with our faith, not, the, the, the devil will steal from us. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, that the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And any area that we're not doing, if you're not, if you, you know what, if you're not fighting the devil, and I don't mean that in the sense of always saying in Jesus' name, I cast you down, always talking to the devil. I'm not talking to the, about talking about talking to the devil, although you will do that some. 
Cause, but, but, but I'm talking about warring with the weapons of our warfare, which are the word of God, the blood of Jesus, speaking the name of Jesus, uh, taking the blood and applying it and pleading the blood, speaking the scriptures, declaring the scriptures. That's a warfare. You get up in the morning, you start declaring your, the, the prosperity scriptures and the healing scriptures. You are doing an aggressive, offensive type of warfare. And if you don't do that, if you don't fight the devil, the devil will fight you. And the more you fight the devil, the less he'll fight you. And you and I think we should be aware, hallelujah, you know, we're not having to beg God to prosper us. So we're not confessing healing scriptures for God's sake. Although he does hasten over his word to perform it. But, you know, we're already blessed. He's already blessed us with all blessings and spirit, every, you know what I'm saying? We're already blessed. So the person that we're having to the, the, why we're having to declare the word is so that God has an inroad into our lives in the earth. We're giving God permission to work in the earth. We have what we say, not what God says. And uh, hallelujah. And so, uh, and, and we're resisting everything that the devil is trying to bring. Things we see and things we don't see. Amen. And as you declare the word, uh, Thing, plots and plans and, and strategies of the enemy and traps that he has laid are just dismantled without you ever knowing about them a lot of times. And then sometimes you'll know about them. Amen? And so, uh, so that's the kind of warfare we're talking about. In Romans 5, 17, are you there? Hallelujah. For if by one man's offense, that's talking about Adam, death reigned by, ones, by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, this has two different applications. We talked about that a little bit the other night. You know, back in the, our charismatic days, uh, one of the things that we were taught is, you know, first of all, we found out we were righteous. You know, never knew that. Found out we were, the, we were righteous. We'd been made righteous by the blood of Jesus when we got saved. And we found out we were supposed to be king's kids. Hallelujah. And we were supposed to be living like kings, not like paupers. You know what I'm saying. But reigning in life has a, a warfare implication to it. We, when, a, when reigning in life means we are ruling, we are taking the authority. We have authority over our own lives. Amen? And so that reigning in life um, <coughs> has to do with us taking our authority. And in order to reign in life, you must fight a warfare. 1 Timothy 6.12 says for us to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Lay hold on eternal life. These are aggressive terms. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold. That's not talking about necessarily lay hold on going to heaven, although you need to lay hold on that. But lay hold, hold on eternal zoe, the God kind of life. Lay hold on that God kind of life. Whereunto thou art also called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. 2 Timothy 2.3 Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about it. We are soldiers in God's army. Amen. And we need a soldier mentality. Battles are won only by soldiers who fight. And fighting involves weapons. 
And we talked a little bit, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what are those weapons? Well, we have the blood of Jesus. Uh, we have the name of Jesus. We have, uh, we have, uh, uh, we have the Word of God, hallelujah, which is a weapon. And we can use those weapons by prayer, hallelujah. We can use those weapons by, uh, a, uh, by commanding, a commanding, instead of praying to God, a commanding, us taking our authority, and we command things in Jesus' name. We can take our authority, we can do a warfare by praise. And so praise, prayer, or a commanding is how we use the weapons, but we have the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Did I miss any? Hallelujah. I don't think so, but if I did, tell me. Anyway, so <clears throat> you, fighting involves the weapon. Unused weapons, unused weapons don't do anything. Now think about this in terms of a regular army. Unused weapons don't do anything. We've got an army right now in Iraq. Warfare is about the ability and the will to use weapons. We have to have not only ability to use weapons, have to know the weapons, know how to use them, but we also have to have the will to do it. We can be mentally assenting that the world is in terrible shape. You know, I could say here tonight, boy, the world's in terrible shape. And everybody, oh yes, oh yes, it is. We could be mentally assenting that we are in a war. I could say, boy, you know, there is a war going on against the Christians right now. Everybody here would agree. But, you know, we could do all that uh, agreement, but still never fight the war. Still never pick up a weapon or not even do it consistently. Uh, passivity is what the devil wants. He wants us to be passive. He cannot do anything about your salvation now. It's too late. You're saved. You've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. So he's not really concerning himself about that. But what the devil wants is for you to be a passive Christian. He wants us to cool down. Hallelujah. He wants to distract us. He does everything in his power to distract us. <clears throat> we cannot be in neutral. Turn over to... Well, I won't let you turn there, but I'll just tell you. We cannot be in neutral. One of the reasons Jesus said this, he said... To be in neutral was to be against him. He said, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So if we're not working with Jesus, we're really working against him. Amen? The word of God is against passiveness. Think of all the scriptures that tell us that the word of God is against us being passive. We already talked about a couple. Fight the good fight of faith. Fighting is not passive. Endure hardness. That's not passive. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That is not passive. Uh, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is not passive. Matthew 18, 18. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Those scriptures convince us and tell us we are not to be passive Christians. We cannot afford, you cannot afford to be a passive Christian. If you are a passive Christian, the devil will steal from you what is precious to you. He, he may not steal from, you know, the devil, I've noticed, goes to the weak link in the family. If there's a, weak, if there's a place where there's a weakness, he'll usually go to that one, put sickness on that one, and it'll steal from the whole family. It will distract them. It'll steal, and it steals our joy. Hallelujah. And so... Uh, we cannot afford to be passive. Revelation 3.16. Jesus specifically told us that he did not like passivity. He said, So then because thou art lukewarm 
and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So we know that we have to get fired up. We have to do whatever it takes to fire up. And if you are not fired up and you haven't been fired up in a while, and I know what it's like to be there where I've kind of lost my edge. Um, I've never not been in love with God, not been wanting to be in his kingdom, but I have been mightily distracted and I have been where it's like I couldn't, I just didn't have the zing I once had. But I can tell you, you can get it back. And one of the ways to get it back is just to ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't know why I'm not fired up right now, but I need you to help me to catch on fire again. And the best way to catch on fire, you know, one way to catch on fire is to get around people who are on fire. That's a good way. And the Word of God will always put a fire in us. And it doesn't always do it, though, the first day you get back in it. Someday, we, sometimes we have to go back and back and back and back several days in a row. But all of a sudden, a fire will ignite in us over the Word of God. <clears throat> the initiative for action is in our hands. I read in a book about, and it was talking about real war. And it said in World War II that only five infantry companies on Omaha Beachhead June 6, 1944, were tactically effective. In these companies, one-fifth of the men fired their weapons during the day-long advance from the water's edge to the first row of villages, a total of not more than 450 men firing constantly. Only one-fifth of the men actually fired their weapons. On another front in World War II, it said that the best showing that could be made by the most spirited and aggressive companies was that one man in four had made some use of his firepower. I bet you that the statistics in the body of Christ are not unlike those statistics. But, and, and you know, from, from these things we can draw the conclusion and understand that having a weapon and having the will to use that weapon are two different things. And that's what we need to get tonight is the will to use our weapons, the will to declare war on lack and not let up until there is no lack at our house. Amen. We don't have any lack at our homes. We don't have any lack at our church. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, I want to talk a minute about Saul. Saul was, um, you know, the king of Israel. He was the commander in chief. And, you know, the Bible talks about that he was tall and he was a big man. And he was, he was really head and shoulders taller than the other men in his army. Uh, but Saul, when Goliath came out and the, that, uh, those Philistine, that Philistine army and Goliath, Saul sat in his tent, tent and acted like he was a prisoner in a cell and brooded over his predicament. Uh, yet all the while laying over in his tent were his armor and his weapons. But his will was frozen. He was frozen and nothing would change his way of thinking. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> praise God. Saul would have liked to have chosen his own problems. But you know what? We don't get to choose our problems, do we? I have you, you know you say, well, I don't think like that. I don't want to choose my own problems. I've had those exact thoughts. I've had those exact thoughts. I've thought, I've had symptoms in my body and thought, well, I really would rather, I wish it was this instead of that. I have had those thoughts wanting to choose my own problem. Like one would be, you know, that's such deception. You fight every problem the same way. 
You fight, well, you know, you fight every problem the same way. Hallelujah. Life, so, so in life, we don't get to choose our problem. I sat down after I read that about, and I began to think of what keeps us from fighting. What keeps us from fighting? What keeps us from declaring war on lack or sickness or any other thing? Uh, uh, you know, what keeps a family when their child is uh, going the wrong way? You know, off with the wrong people or whatever. What keeps, what keeps that dad from fighting in, if he's a Christian? If, especially if he's a spirit-filled Christian. And we can, we can come up with some things. One of the things I've noticed in the body of Christ is a lot of times we have a let somebody else do it mentality. We come to church sometimes thinking this service is somebody else's responsibility. But you know what? You're responsible in every service. We, I have come that way. I have come thinking, well, you know, pastor's doing it tonight. I'm not responsible. But you know, that's not true. That's not true. And sometimes we get that even in our own personal problems. The bad thing is about is when, and you know, is when we get it where our own personal problems are concerned. You know, the wife can say, let the husband do it. Or the husband can say, let the wife do it. I, I just, somebody else can do it. And sometimes we do that because we're just not real secure. We don't really uh, know if we could or whatever. Um, and that brings me to the second thing I thought of about is not being emotionally ready for the fight. Family, there's things coming in the earth. I've been telling you for some time, you need to believe the prophets. There is things coming in the earth. There are nuclear things coming. There are, uh, one prophet I was hearing listening to recently talked about a refinery in a America that's going to be hit. There's oil prices are not where they're even going to stay. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm not rejoicing over that, but hallelujah. Anyway, in spite of it, um, uh, it could have, gas prices could get so that it affects truckers, which then affects the, uh, the, the grocery stores, it affects the malls, affects, uh, and, and certainly it could affect our expendable income unless we Get a mindset. The Bible says that we are to, uh, what does it say? It says, gird up the loins of our mind. And right now we are in a time of preparation teaching on this warfare. We are girding up the loins of our mind. In the NIV that says, set your mind for action. We're setting our mind right now. We're, we're getting ourselves uh, strengthened on, with might by the spirit and the inner man so that we are not tempted to cave in. Because God has called us in times of great trouble in the earth to be a help to somebody else. He's called us to, to quiet their and get, help them have peace, to quiet their fears, to, to show them the way. He's called us to be a, a, the answer, not a part of the problem. And if you are having an emotional mental breakdown during the time of stress, you are a, you're part of the problem. You know, we're going to be resuscitating you and we were, we're going to be saying, what you been doing in this church for the last 12 years? That we're having to resuscitate you. No, you, we, if you will set your mind right now and begin to get these truths in your heart and begin to get aggressive in your warfare. Don't wait till lack comes to your house and then try to pull it. Extreme lack comes to your house and start trying to push it away. Start pushing lack away now. Amen. Start setting your mind right now that you will not be afraid if there's no groceries in your house. I've literally seen people in this church uh, get in a panic when they didn't have groceries. 
get in a panic. But we should not be the kind of Christians that panic when there's no groceries. We read this thing. We read where God supplied through ravens. We've read where it says that the righteous have never been forsaken or it's seed begging for bread. So set yourself on the... If you don't have groceries one day, you set yourself on the Word of God that morning and I guarantee you, and you know, be like that little Pentecostal woman, Ruth Ward Heflin's mother. You know, it said, you know, she would take the Sunday morning offering from their church and it wouldn't be enough. And so she'd go pray for an hour and then she'd count it again. And then she'd go pray, and it, would, it still wouldn't be enough. She'd go pray another hour, and she'd count it again. And she might do that three times, but I tell you what, you know what? Eventually, it was enough. That's the kind of money miracles I'm talking about. But you've got to be aggressive about your money miracle. And, you know, one thing we can't be is whiners. Hallelujah. And besides, most of us could declare about a six-day fast. And it wouldn't hurt nothing. Hallelujah. Praise God. We don't want to, but we could. Most everybody in here. Now, there's a few that I'd worry about if they was on them. Miss Betty, I might, you, we can't get you. We can't let you fast six days. She'd blow away. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, but most all the rest of us, we can declare a fast, you know. Hallelujah. But you won't have to. And we certainly aren't going to believe that for our children. <clears throat> Um, so we've got to be emotionally ready for the fight. That means, one of the things that means is, you know, you've got to let God heal all your hurts. You are not emotionally ready to fight the devil when you still are crying over the ex-husband that left you. Let God heal that. Or crying over somebody that died in your family. Let God heal that. Amen. Uh, or, you know, we could just go on and on. If we're, st you know, we'll, we'll keep, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Brings me to number four. Lock, you're not ready if you're not, if you're locked down in self-pity. You know, if we are locked down in self-pity over our finances, we're not going to win over the devil. And sometimes we're just flat feeling sorry for ourselves. Well, I just don't know why. I know everybody else in this church, they just have that, and I just don't have that. You'd probably be surprised what everybody else in this church. I know the, the everybody, everybody always thinks the pastor's just loading. He doesn't have any. He's not having to believe God. I would venture to say that we probably have to believe God more than anybody in the church. Because we're having to believe God for ourselves. We're having to believe God for, uh, for two churches, and we're believing God for... Uh, 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 you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're having to believe God too. And you might be surprising to you uh, how much some people are, are where they're at. So we cannot get locked down in self-pity, feeling sorry for ourselves. Well, you know, another thing that will really keep you from fighting a warfare is false compassion for the other army. And that is a false compassion. You know, we have that in America right now concerning Iraq. Do you ever hear people say, yeah, but there's innocent women and children that are getting hurt. What do they call that? I don't remember. Collateral damage. You know, I noticed in the Old Testament, God didn't worry a lot about collateral damage. And I'm not saying we should be uncompassionate. I think there should be rules of warfare. I think our soldiers should do everything they can to not have collateral damage. But reality is, folks, this is a war. We are fighting an enemy that hates America, that hates Christianity. It's really about Christianity even more than America. And there is going to be some collateral damage. 
in Iraq. And so we cannot afford to put down our weapons because some bystander or some news reporter over there, you know, uh, go to Iraq as a news reporter at your own risk. You know, uh, we cannot put down our weapons and, and not fight the real enemy because somebody might get hurt. And you know, that's the way it is in our own uh, warfare. Sometimes, you know what we do? We lay down our spiritual weapons because we get to thinking we're fighting a person instead of a devil behind the person. And so I've seen women uh, who is like, you know, who, who would have an old abusing alcoholic husband that abuses them and they would say, yeah, but he don't mean to. That is a devil behind that. And God doesn't negotiate with terrorists and men who abuse their wives, that's just a form of terrorism. That is terrorist. That's a terrorist. It is. And God doesn't negotiate with them. I'm having to, that's on my heart because I'm working with a woman right now. And she went through a divorce. She knew God told her to get out. He was abusive to her. But because she's a Christian, now after she's divorced, you know, she knows it's right. But that religion in her and that emotional thing in her is fighting her. And like, well, I might could have done more. And you know, and hallelujah. You know what I'm saying. So we have to make sure we understand it's a devil. Amen. And when people play with the devil and act like the devil, God may have to move them out of the way. And people will lose their jobs when they act like the devil when you pray. God will give them a chance first. God gave this man, for this woman I'm counseling with, God gave this man many, many, many opportunities. And he, is in, he was in a Word of Faith church, one of the biggest in the whole one of the most prestigious and known in the whole nation, still would not bow his knee to Jesus. And she believed for him and fought for him in prayer for many years. But one day she went to a meeting and God said, it's over, get out. She didn't treat her marriage lightly, but one day God said, it's over, get out. I don't know who I'm saying that for. But I tell you, when I talk about stuff like this, it's because the Holy Ghost is answering somebody's question. When I got over on children the other night, God was answering somebody's question. Not so much about the restaurants. That was my own little pet peeve. But I'm talking about <laughs> when I started talking about things in your house that can be a submarine in you where your faith is concerned. And that was somebody's question. They'd ask it in their heart, maybe not with their mouth, but in their heart, and God was answering because he's faithful. So uh, the next thing, confusion about what we are to do. You could get into confusion. I really just don't know what to do. You know, well, don't let yourself get into confusion. Just do what you know to do. If you don't know, you can, you know, if you may not know if you're supposed to speak the word or plead the blood or do the name of Jesus, well, just start out somewhere and get going. And the Holy Ghost then will take hold with you. Hallelujah. Unfamiliar with the weapons. I thought of that. You know, a lot of people could be so unfamiliar with the. we got to be familiar with the blood of Jesus. And you should know the word of God. You can fight the devil with just turning to scriptures and looking them up in your concordance and finding a scripture on this. But that's a harder way than if you've hid the word in your heart, then the, the Holy Ghost will just rise it up at the proper time. And you can still look it up. Always good to use the word of God, not do things by memory. But at least you know it's there. 
You know, you, sometimes you don't even know a scripture's there on that topic. So the more you can hide in your heart, the better you're going to be at warfare. You need to know about the blood. You need to know about the power of the blood. You need to know about the name of Jesus. There's books on this. We don't have time to teach you all of it. We've taught you a lot of it, though. So you need to get familiar with the weapons of your warfare. You need to know how to pray. Best way to learn to pray is to pray with somebody else. Because the best way to learn to pray is to learn by doing. You can read books on prayer all day, but and that's good. I get a lot of inspiration from reading books on prayer. But until you just get out there and do it, you'll never learn anything. We need to learn how to declare and say and command. Use our authority. You're going to have to know the power of your authority. Amen? Okay, so be familiar with your weapons. You know, another thing that keeps us from fighting the warfare sometimes is when we're preoccupied with our problems. Imagine that, that you're so preoccupied with the problem that you have that you don't fight the problem that you have. You know, you're just kind of bogged down in it. So don't get so preoccupied with the problem. And you know something? Quit taking it so personal. I just thought of that. You know, we get that's one way we get into self-pity is we begin to take it personal. But the devil hates every one of you. And he doesn't want to just, he doesn't want to just maim you. He wants to destroy you. He's mean. He's mean and he's real. And, he, you know, we need to quit being so nice to him. Because he's not being nice to us. Hallelujah. So, uh, and then another thing that could just lock us down is having a what's the use attitude. I mean, sometimes maybe we had a war we fought and we didn't exactly win like we thought we ought to won. Maybe you did engage in warfare one time and you didn't think you really got the victory. But I'm here to tell you, you probably got more of a victory than you realize you got. Because you probably might be dead if you hadn't won the victory and wouldn't even be here tonight. Now, it may have not just been the, you know, sometimes it's like we don't even like it if we don't get an instant miracle. It's like it don't even qualify. And I don't even, I don't like it because I wanted to go up there and I wanted to get healed right then. Well, good, but what about your internal issues? Had you been diligent to deal with that? Because a lot of things that keep us get from getting healed are things that are internally in us that we've got to root out, that are blocking the anointing. But, and I, and I want to encourage you at this point that you don't give up. Because I was reading a testimony this week, and I just love this, but about a man who was completely blind, completely blind, and he went up wanting to be healed, blindness, and he got prayed for. And uh, the minister that prayed for him encouraged him to stay in faith. And did you know, three years later, he was sitting in the barber chair getting his hair cut, and all of a sudden, complete vision. Three years. How many of us would have stayed in faith and not given up and not got into self-pity and just stayed with the right attitude for three years? How many of us would be like Abraham, which we're supposed to be like, and, have wa and would have stayed in faith 25 years to get a baby? I know people won't stay in faith five minutes. You know, and so we could be, I have a what's the use attitude because maybe we didn't get it just like we thought. And you know, your faith may be such that, you know what, if you got a quarter miracle, it'd be better than nothing. If you just got a half a miracle, if you just got, you know, improved. I think they say that at these healing meetings that are going on, that only, what is it, five, what was him? 15% 
get healed is all. And of that, only like 3% get a full healing. The rest of the people are just improved. But Father, I want to tell you, improved is better than not, not improved. And if they will keep on and keep on, we can take improved to more improved to more improved to more improved. I was reading this book by Cheon, who is a Korean pastor, but he actually pastors in San Bernardino or somewhere, but he's Korean. And um, uh, he wrote this book on healing, and he was at a watching a um, Billy Graham movie in his church one night, and all of a sudden his jaw just locked and would not budge and painful. And so he went to his, his brother-in-law was a eye, near, ear, nose, and throat doctor. And he went to him, he said, well, I think it's TMJ, but I'm gonna send you to a specialist to make sure. Well, the specialist verified that it was TMJ. And he got prayed for and believed he received his healing one year later. One year, he was late, it woke up one morning and yawned real big. And he never, he hadn't opened his mouth that big. He was living on soft food. Hallelujah. But one year, can we, you know what, family, we just need to get more determined and more just pressing. And, and you know, don't just, be careful that you don't just press and ignore and not look for what's, what could be blocking because we need, to, we need to get out the blockages, learn to receive more anointing, and we need to press on the devil, not be passively just believing. So uh, it brings me to passivity. And... Uh, and one of the things that passivity will say is, if I don't fight, the outcome won't be as bad as they say. The devil could kill you thinking the outcome will not be as bad. I've actually been there many times. I mean, I have been there when all of a sudden I had a little teeny, teeny symptom. Maybe like a sore throat. Just, but it wasn't even a sore throat. It was just kind of the, you know, you just kind of thought. It felt like you might. And I literally thought this. Maybe this is just not happening. Maybe this will just go away. I just don't have time to deal with this right now. I don't want to deal with this right now. And I'm not going to deal with this right now. And I, I'm just believing this is going away. You know, that is just not, let me, let me tell you from experience, it never did. Hallelujah. Helplessness. What am I among so many? You know what? You, you, you got you to look at it different. It's, you know, you've got to look at it like David. What are that? What is this war up against my God? Amen? Uh, shutting out reality is not faith. Just, you know, like uh, Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind. I'm just going to think about this tomorrow. I'm not going to think about this and just shut out reality. Focused on impossibilities. Oh, Hallelujah. You know, that's why we have to keep our faith strong. That's why we have to say the scriptures because that keeps us focused on how big our God is. Hallelujah. Lack of knowledge about how to fight. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? Just fight. Just fight. Uh, fear of being too extreme or too radical. Boy, you know, there's a lot of Christians just in a lot of pride and they just don't want to be too extreme. Or too radical. Resentment toward God or people that it is necessary for you to fight. I have seen this a lot. Just mad at God because you're having to fight this fight. Well, I just don't understand. We talked to a lady this week and she was like, I just don't understand. And she was really quiet. 
don't understand. I've lived a good life. I don't, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't, I don't do bad things and I don't steal and I don't lie. Huh? I'm a decent person. That's what she said. But you know what? We don't get what we deserve. We get what we believe for. You don't get what you deserve. Hallelujah. And we ought to praise God for that too. So resentment toward God, and sometimes resentment toward people. Do you ever know a wife really being, you know, get, they get into financial problems, the wife's mad at the husband. I've seen that. I've been mad at pastor before. <laughs> Over financial, oh, you know, you know, it could happen. Well, you know, you just that's just misdirected. Get mad at the devil. Guilt and failure feelings can keep us from fighting. Just being guilty, just like I deserve this. Or just uh, 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 just a real, you know, I just fail at everything. No, you will never win. You've got to root those attitudes out. Hallelujah. And that's one thing we're all about at this church is rooting out those attitudes, teaching you things like there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And so things like that. God, the opportunity for God to work and help you is closed unless we use our weapons. The initiative is in our hands. Say, the initiative is in my hand. When we act, heaven backs us. That's how it works. We have to act and then heaven backs us. Hallelujah. Desiring to do God's will is powerless against the enemy. You could be desiring it all day long, but until you do God's will... It doesn't do anything to the enemy. Basic to all victory over the devil is being bold, unashamed with his word. Winning requires that we directly confront the lies of the devil, the deceits, the misquotes, hallelujah, and that we completely disregard our senses. Oh, wow. Now that's the hard part. <laughs> you know, I can directly confront the lies and deceits of the devil a lot easier than I can just turn off all my senses. And especially us women, because we feel things. It's like, oh, I'm feeling this way, and I'm feeling that way, and I'm just feeling this way. And we just have feelings. I know it's just recently, I was just like having a day, I was just like, Argh. and pastor said, PMS. What'd he say? Pretty mean and sulky. <laughs> and I was, I, it was not possible for me to have PMS, first of all. It is an impossibility. But <laughs> I told him, <laughs> this is how mean and sa pretty mean and sassy I was. I said, this is not PMS. This is something worse and you better be scared. <laughs> of course, I was playing with him, but hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> it was no sleep is really what it was. So, uh, <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. But, you know, women, us women, turning off our emotions. Sometimes I think we and men need to turn their zone versus turn, <laughs> turning them off. But anyway, we do have to disregard what we feel, what we see, what we, uh, uh, you know, what, what we touch. You've got to look at the bank balance and not be moved by what you see. You've got to be able to look at bills and not be moved by what you see. You've got to be able to move, look at credit card balances and not be moved by credit card balances. I am not moved by you. I rule over you. And until we get there, we're not there. Hallelujah. So get there. 
You get there by saying it, by declaring it, and by, by, by putting the word inside you as your foundation for saying it. And you say, yeah, but I, 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 it was my sin that got me this credit card balance because I just went out and just had a flesh attack and just bought everything I wanted and, and all that. Yeah, so repent of it. And God will put it in the sea of his forgetfulness and he will act like that you got that debt giving it to missionaries. <laughs> he will. He'll so forget the sin part that he'll just say, well, you know, they must have been really given to missions. Or, I mean, you know, God's not going to hold that against you. He's not going to say, I'm not going to help you with it. And of course, we do need to acknowledge if we had a flesh attack. Because till we repent over it, we'll just probably keep having flesh attacks. Hallelujah. And we all have them. And sometimes it's not a flesh attack. It's just like a decision, you know, you just get put in a place that you have to make a decision and you decide and you decide wrong. You know, praise God. I know I talked to a little woman this past week and, uh, or two or three weeks ago and, and she had, she was, she's a widow, an elderly widow, and she has like a thousand dollar income a month is all she has. And she has like five kids and they help her some and all that. But one day, you know, the car just wouldn't start. It just wouldn't work. And she was just so frustrated and she just went and bought a new car and it wasn't the thing that she should have done and she didn't ask her sons to help her you know when I get old I'm gonna say Colin should I do this <laughs> Eric should I do this you know I'm gonna ask them I'm gonna consult them I, and she didn't take time to ask her sons you know what she should do she was just so frustrated and she did it but you know don't let we don't need to let that stop us we just need to believe God yeah, she probably shouldn't have done it. She probably made a mistake. She probably didn't get a good deal. Some ruthless salesman probably took advantage of a little old lady. They better not mess with me. Now, I mean, when I went to buy, buy that uh, motorcycle for pastor, I, I had that man's throat under my foot. And he told pastor, he's like, she was not easy to negotiate with. Hallelujah. But anyway. So, um, <clears throat> let's turn to Colossians 3.3, 3, and we're winding this up. But we're going to continue this, because I know, because I've got some more things on warfare that you need to know, and on declaring lack on debt. And you take those scriptures that we gave you uh, Sunday night. We read them out, and y'all wrote down the scripture references, and you look them up, and you do, and you begin to speak them every day. Put them in your mouth as a weapon, and begin to say, My God supplies all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack in Jesus' name. Jesus, uh, uh, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty be, might be made rich. Jesus has made me rich when he died. And I receive it and I refuse everything else. And then you talk to the angels and tell them to go and cause finances to come to you. You talk to the wealth of the wicked and tell it to find its way into your hands. And then you, you, uh, you talk to the devil and you say, devil, get your hands off of my finances. I bind you. You will not, you will not hinder my finances from coming to me. You will not. Oh, hallelujah. He is powerless when against aggressive Christian. And he trembles when a Christian gets aggressive. I don't care if they're five years old. Amen. Colossians 3.3. 3. You need to know this. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. We are hid. 
We are hid with God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 6. You, we, we need to know these. These puts us in a position to do war warfare, to know these scriptures. Uh, and He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Spiritually, that's where you're at. You're sitting together with Christ in heavenly places and you've been raised up so far over the devil. He, he is such a... Uh, he is so defeated. Hallelujah. And you, But you have to enforce his defeat because he will prey on ignorance. If we don't know he's defeated, he will prey on that. If we don't know that we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places, he will tell us you're just an old sinner. And you may, he might even let you believe you're saved by grace, but he'll think, convince you you're an old sinner saved by grace. But you're not. Your new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And there is no condemnation for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I want to ask you a question tonight. What is the greater sin? Now go back to the, we talked about the war, the real army, the World War II and Iraq and so forth. What is the greater sin? To be paralyzed by fear or confusion in the battle and to refuse to use your weapon or to not come to the battle. Tell me, what's the greater sin? Well, let me answer. Everybody's afraid to answer. The greatest sin is to not come to the battle. The greatest sin is to not come to the battle. People that stay away from church. I'm not, I'm not trying to be ugly tonight, but that's the greater sin. That's one of the greatest sins that a Christian can commit. Worse than adultery, worse than, worse than just about any sin is not to come to church. Not to come to the battle. Uh, because even though I might not be effective, maybe I'm a new Christian, maybe I don't know much, maybe I don't understand much, and I'm not a skilled soldier, and, and, and I don't know what others know, and I don't know how to use my weapons, and I'm even kind of scared to use my weapons. And you're like me, maybe. I, there's one time I was so afraid of the devil. I was so afraid of the devil that we had this book called Pigs in the Parlor. My grandmother had to store it at her house because I was so afraid of the devil I couldn't even keep the book about the devil in my house. Really? I have pigs at the parlor, in the parlor at my house now. Hallelujah. <laughs> and maybe so maybe you're that kind of soldier but so uh, and in the heat of the battle you may not use your weapon you may not feel like you always have the right words or the exact words you may not can quote scripture but you know what and maybe you're just an echo and not a voice maybe you just you don't even know what to say so you just echo what we say that's okay to be an echo for when you're starting out and not a voice Hallelujah. But you know what? Your presence alongside your buddies keeps morale up. And that's the way it is in the army. That's the way it is. Maybe one-fifth of those soldiers are all that fired. But the rest of them, they went. And they walked beside them. Hallelujah. And no, there's not as good a reward if you won't fire. But at least they kept morale up. Amen. And that's the way it is about coming to church. Hallelujah. To stay home is sin. Because we got to keep the morale up of everybody else and of those that know how to fight. And it does that. Judges 5.23. We talked about this scripture the other night, but I want to show it to you in real life. And we're ending with this. Hallelujah. But we need to know these things. Because sometimes we can, the devil can put us under that lie. Well, what good does it, to me, does it do for me to come? 
And maybe I shouldn't even come if I have a bad attitude. And I, right now, my attitude just is stinks. You know, and praise God, you know it if it does. But hallelujah. There's been many a times that I came in here and I was too weak to fight. I did have to let pastor carry it. I, could, I didn't have enough. I was, just, I was just here. Or I was so distracted when I was here by my own situation or my own problems. But I was here. And I was given moral support. And I was filling a chair. And I can tell you, most of the body of Christ is A-W-O-L. And some of them are even believing a lie. I know one, fam one family, they think it's okay that they withdrew from church and they don't go to any church. They just go to the nursing home and minister. A-W-O-L. Not helping your brothers and sisters in Christ. Not being in the war. Not fighting. Judges 5.23 Curse ye Maraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Wonder why some of the body of Christ walks under a curse. Because they come not to help the Lord. I may not can do much, but I can do something. I can sing. And that's a warfare. I can nod and agree. And that's a warfare. I can say amen. I can pat somebody. And that's encouragement. Hallelujah. But to stay home is the worst sin of all for the soldier of Christ. God has an enemy in the earth. Are you helping the Lord? I have an enemy. Your brother and sister in Christ may be facing cancer. Are you helping are you helping? Are you helping them fight the battle and win the war? Hallelujah. What we do for others, God will do for us. The Bible says Job got delivered when he prayed for his friends. So, uh, Job chapter 42 got delivered when he prayed for his friends. Hallelujah. You can take that as a, just a strategy right there. You say, God, I need a deliverance right here. So I'm looking for somebody I can pray for. And start lifting up people. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're, we're going to continue our war on lack. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> we got to show up. Thank you, Jesus. And, of course, it helps if we can show up and engage. Engage. Engage in the praise. Engage in the prayer. Let's stand up together. Let's pray just for a minute. Won't take long.